0: I very much love being a part of like this older um, audience on TikTok, and it's been great so far. But if I hadn't started playing with authenticity in my old job with Instagram stories and stopped caring about what people thought for an hour of the day, I would never, ever be here, ever.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Journey of Pursuit podcast. Today's episode is one of my favorite episodes to date. Many people know Teffy as Hello Tuffy on TikTok, but I have known her since I was 15 and the stories I have with her are both hilarious and forever ingrained in my memory. If you follow Teffy, then you know her for her pop culture savviness, her funny remarks about everything, her beautiful long hair and infectious personality. I have known her as the kind, loving, and empathetic friend since I was 15. She always puts people first. She is a definition of a true friend. Someone who takes time out of her day to not only think of others, but feel for others. When I call her, she always answers. And when I go to New York City, she not only makes me stay with her, but she checks up on me about 20 times a day just to make sure I didn't get lost in the subway. I'm so happy to have her on. I truly believe she is a great example of how someone can remain authentic in the spotlight. Let me give you a little glimpse of her bio. Teffy Pessoa is a pop culture fanatic born and raised in Miami, Florida. Unbelievable to the naked eye. She is actually 31 years old. Wow. She currently lives in Brooklyn, New York, and she is probably making a TikTok right now as you read this. She's engaged to an Aquarius man, so it goes without saying she is resilient, patient, and in therapy. Without further ado... My friend Estefania Venegas Pessoa aka Taffy. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Many people know you as like for you, from YouTube, from your Instagram, from TikTok, but I know you from many many years ago. As my yes. friend, as someone that's always been like my like, sister, person I stay in New York with. <laughs> because
0: your mom was my first job. <laughs> your mom hired me for my first job and I never left. Yep. I was a moco peludo for your mother for many, many, many years. She would try to flick me off and be like, nope, I'm right here. <laughs> Amazing. But yeah, I've known you since I used to pick you up from, school, from high school. Yeah. I used to pick you up and take take you and your brother to doctor appointments.
1: I know. I love it because I feel like even though we met when I was, what, 15? 14, 15, yeah. I feel like we just have never stopped being friends. Yeah, we just, like, never stopped being friends. Like, even when I was 15, I would ask you all these different questions. You would always have insight, mostly about (laughs) boys. I know we've definitely been through so much together as friends, but I I love your story. Mm Mm-hmm mostly because i have like been through it, it yeah. with you i feel like but i want people to know about what happened after those like i mm-hmm. guess very transformational years in miami mm-hmm. what made you go from miami to new york how old were you after you kind of like left your home
0: well i went to bogota <laughs> i'm sorry i said it like that <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that I almost missed my flight? I almost missed my flight because they were like, now boarding for Bogota. And I'm like, oh my God, that's weird. It kind of sounds like Bogota. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> like, I, so when I went to Bogota, I, um, I was like in a really, really terrible mental state. And I had kind of lost, I was really lost within my relationship with many things. One of them, was my relationship with food became very complicated because I felt like I really wanted to look a certain way. And looking back, it was mainly, and I think like many 22 year olds can agree with this. I want to do so many things, but I feel like I've already missed my chance, which is delusional. And um, I am scared I'm never gonna amount to anything. So. I, if I can't control this unfolding of my life, I want to control the things that I can. So my relationship with food really, really became very toxic. And I started having a terrible relationship with the idea of, of pursuit, I guess, actually like the idea of, um, putting myself out there. I, I was going through a very, I don't want to say cowardice time, but I was full of, I was full of fear about moving very much like, um, like when you have like an animal, like a, like a cat or something that doesn't ever go outside, the world and opportunity and the um, uncomfortable zone of the life was everything outside. And I was very comfortable in my own home where I could control my food and who I saw and who I answered to and what I did and stuff. So I went to Bogota to kind of like take a time out from life. And it was there that I realized I don't think that Miami, even though I love where I'm from, I don't think that Miami is giving me the things that I need in order to feel like I can progress because while Miami is very much a modern city, it is very limited for people at the time I'm talking about like early 2010s creatively, you know, that market had already already been cornered. So I wanted to go to New York and meet new people and, um, start over and, um, try to become the, per- try to explore the person that I've always wanted to be, it's just weird now that I look back, and I'm like, every, every, everybody that says I want to be that person, you already are, you're just asking permission, you know, so yeah. um, I got to New York, and I started working and meeting people through there, and it's like, I feel like um everybody that goes to, like, a college, or, like, a new job, the first group you hang out with is never the group you end up with, you know, So I started um, meeting new people or whatever, and I started to slowly go through phases of like really, really liking myself and then really, really, really feeling like a failure. And it was in the times of feeling like a failure where I learned to self-soothe and and develop like a sense of humor that was not avoidance-based, but more like stepping into pain with the idea of being alive can be like, God has a sense of humor, kind of type of humor or whatever. And it helped a lot of people. And I started talking about it. And then I got an email from someone saying they were looking for a talk show host. And I didn't know that they were um, auditioning other people. So I showed up and they were like, here you go. You can talk for 15 minutes. And I talked about Harry Styles' nipples for 15 minutes. And God, I could have gone for 20. They had to stop me because um, for the Met Gala, he had like a lace top on and lace makes nipples look like the body is a nip, you know? So I talked about that and they called me back and they were like, I have never talked about nipples on a job interview and gotten the job. So they called me back and i that's when the Teffy Show really started and I was able to, but that took six years. That took six years of being in New York.
1: That's what I was about to say. I feel like those six years were super important for you as a person. And like, I remember we had, we talked so many times about transformation and the journey and what you were seeking and the person you were becoming. And I felt like you always, something I really love about you, I feel is like you are always willing to continue. You're always willing to learn and like pick yourself back up. And no matter like how many jobs you tried out or things that you did in New York or the people that you met that didn't end up working out for you, you were always someone that never lost your heart. you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like the heart that I met when I was 15 is still the heart that's in front of me today. You know, I feel like mm-hmm. that's something super admirable because a lot of people lose who they are when they leave home yeah. or when they're in that seeking of who they wanna become. And I feel like even though you had those six years of I don't know what's happening, I don't know what I wanna do, I don't know how I'm gonna get there because I know where I wanna go, but I just don't know how. And I feel like that's what people, like, that's what when people, or me, myself included, lose the ability to like continue because they're just like, how am I going to do that? I know I'm going to do about how. Right. It's like, you don't have to know the how. You just have to keep going. Yeah.
0: It's almost as though, I always think about this. Don't, don't let looking for yourself get in the way of finding yourself, you know? don't overcomplicate things because at the end of the day keep it simple and keep it stupid like what you want to do like simplify it you know and i find that everybody has known what they wanted to do since they were children it's just changed because of whether it be financial you know, um maybe like being a visual artist isn't paying what you think it needs to be paid so you go to into graphic design but you've known what you wanted to do and as a child i remember sometimes people say things to you that they have no idea how much it has impacted you positive and negative. Okay. Like sometimes people will be like, Oh my God, I didn't know you had a chin hair there now forever. Every day in my life, I'm going to check for the chin hair. Thank you so much. You know, but positively, um, I remember oh when I started talking to my mom about, um, I don't know what I want to do because I know that I make people feel good but I very much do not want to be the funny receptionist. You know what I mean? I make people feel comfortable and I know that I can speak, I'm not shy and I can speak to anybody, but I very much do not want to be a company's prop to lure clients in and make them feel at home. I don't want to do that. And a lot of people had used me for that for many years, right? So I was talking to her and she said, "You know, when you were a child, you very much were the kid that like you could not eat until like your show was done. And my shows were Broadway. <laughs> but I would take like the toilet paper and write a permanent marker in my character's name and wear like a sash, like all that. But she said it was mainly like trying to make people laugh and um, storytelling. She's like, you were always telling us like these stories, even if we knew they were made up, you know, like you loved putting these stories together. I thought about that a lot. And then one day, randomly she was my mom told me like you're so brave and I was like me and she was like yeah you're so brave because um you're somebody who you can get your heart broken and you'll still find love like you'll still go out there and find love there are many people who get burned really badly and I was and I know what she means um because many people I always say I'm not going to let someone else and the way they treated me dictate the kind of love that I'm able to give I'm always going to be my best self. So when people look back, they can say, she really loved me. I never want somebody to look back and think like, oh, she was playing games with me or she was withholding or, you know, she could have given her all. I don't believe in potential. I believe in doing, you know? So I, if you were a bad friend to me, I'm not going, I'm going to tell you that you are, but I'm not going to change the kind of friend that I am. Cause that's unfair to me, you know? But, um, when she said like, you're so brave, you continue to love people even when you've been hurt, you always like get back up and you continue to love people. I felt like I had never noticed that about myself. And I was able to put that in my pocket. When you set the intention of meeting somebody and you're already putting love before you, if they have anything negative to say about you, it's not personal because you stepped into the room with love. You know what I mean? And love is never ending for me. Like that cup runneth over like love is something that we are born with. We're not born with hate, hatefulness or jealousy or envy, but we are born as like loving beings. And I truly believe that. So when I read, when I think about to myself, you know, like I can't do this or I'm, I'm not able to do this. I'm like, because that was learned, but I lead with love and through, through love, all things are possible. But yeah, I literally said that every day. Like, I'm able to do this because I lead my life with love, you know? I I feel like when someone
1: sees you, like, for who you really are, and they tell you, like, I love who you are, it gives you permission Mm -hmm. to be who you are. Especially when it's, like, your mom that I know you are super close to her. But I Mm -hmm. feel that – and correct me if I'm wrong – when that happened, then you felt more able to go onto social media and be who you are and not be apologetic about it and just say, hey, I'm, this is in my heart.
0: This is what I'm thinking. This is what I feel. It's funny because um, I got this DM. I was posting on my story all the time. But that's also like when I see somebody posting all the time at all hours, I'm like, oh, I've been there. You're miserable. You know what I mean? Like social media is such like a mental vacation spot or a hellfire, depending on the day. But um, I was like posting all the time. And at that time I was diving really deep into Britney. I was going really deep. I was getting into like conspiracy theories. I knew that I had to like stop when people were like, she died years ago. It's a clone. And I'm like, no. Like, I, I know I had to stop, but I was talking about it a lot. One of my mutual friends, not so I probably hung out with her once. She's hysterical though, like, she's so funny. She would never say anything to hurt my feelings. But she swiped up on the store and she's like, Hey, I have a friend who is a producer for this startup company and they're looking for a TV hosts, and you can't seem to shut the F up. So, <laughs> why don't you email them? So, I emailed them and I was like, Her name is um, the producer for the startup. Her name is Mimi, and she works. Um, like for all these different shows, like really, really cool shows. And she is an angel, the sweetest person in the entire world. I emailed her, but I emailed her in a way that was like, I look back and it was aggressive. I was like, "Hey, girl, um, here is a PowerPoint of all the things I'm going to do for your show, all the things I want to talk about it. And I'm gonna use the right word for it, but I said I I enti- I titled the PowerPoint "All the Crap I Want to Work I Want to Say." dot ppx PowerPoint, and I sent it in, and within like ten minutes they're like, "This is amazing! Like you need to come in," and I think that um, they were like, "Whatever." maybe a crazy person will work on TV. Like literally I, before they met me, they were like, and I'm sure they went to my social media and my story must've looked like ants going into like a hill. And they were like, oh, this person is insane. Like perfect. She's perfect. Like for entertainment wise, whatever. So when um, I did the auditions, they made me do like four auditions and three of them in front of a live audience. And I had never done stand-up, I'd never done anything like that. The only things that I've ever done is like try to get like a, a, like a service for free with like talking, (laughs) like, and it's worked only one tenth of the time. So, um, I, when I did those things, I was able to hire like my very best friend, Molly, and, um, as a writer and the company that I worked for was called dreams. It's no longer, but, um, they said, you can hire your own team. We will pay them. You have to um, pick them and hire them. We will never fire anybody unless you need help. You know, like if you don't want to be the person to fire them, we will do it for you. But in terms of your show, you have like 10 episodes before we quote unquote cancel it. So I had to find a team and it took me three months. But before that, when I first um, hired Molly, they were like, yeah, we, we did, um, over like a hundred auditions or like live shows with other people and I was their only hire. So I was so for so long, and they hired like um broadcaster, like people that went to school for broadcast journalism, anchors, food bloggers, influencers, stand-up comedians, podcast hosts. And I was somebody that was just like, hello my baby. Hello my darling. Like I, you know, that frog, I love that frog, right? But it, I I So then when they were like, okay, we're going to send you the contract. I have never been paid that much money. And I learned two things. One, guys, if you're listening to this, ask for more money because people have it. Let me tell you that people have it. The only reason that you feel bad for asking for more money is because they made it that way. You know, true, real people who support you and love you will be happy to pay your rate, happy to do it. And two, I learned and it clicked, it clicked in my mind, like when in the cartoons, when the electricity goes through the wire and hits the outlet, people are willing to pay you to be your true self. And you can, and people will pay you for it. People will pay you to, to be yourself on camera or whatever it is, or through song or through writing or whatever it is, people are willing to hear you. And there is a market for that. Right. So after that, I did like the three month thing, and trying to get the teams or whatever, the first day of the show, like the first episode, first show was October 10th, 2019. Oh, and now that I say this, we know what's coming in four months. I didn't. I didn't. But um, I remember looking back and I'm telling you, that was the first time I had to face failure that other people could see because we have all messed up on an email. We have all said weird things in a meeting. We have all been awkward on a first date, but people don't watch it and can replay it. And I did. So that was something where I was like, I have to not only embrace failure, but I have to be brave. And that changed my life because I developed a cannonball theory. My cannonball theory, and I've told you it, my cannonball theory because the show, the Tepi show was, in be it was live every day at 1230 with original new content every day. Right. And it was all women writers and it was fantastic, but we, ha- we started writing the show at 8am and we were live after two rehearsals at 1230. So we had basically two and a half hours to write a new show every day that was for 45 minutes. And, and I had lines that I had to I had to know what I was talking about, which is crazy. I don't even know what I'm talking about right now, (laughs) but like, you know, so um, it was the first time that I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And when you are in a studio and you have never done this before, and you're in makeup and you're in hair and you're looking around and you're saying, I have 10 episodes or every single person in this room with me loses their job to cannonball theory. Exactly. So cannonball is when you know the pool is cold And you just run and you go, oh, screw it, screw it, screw it, whatever, whatever, whatever. And you jump and you're above the water and you know it's cold. And as soon as you hit the water, it's fine. You realize it wasn't that bad. So Cannonball Theory is when you're hearing the studio go and we're live in 10, 9, that's when I start running towards the pool. And I live my life like like that now. Cannonball Theory doesn't have to be a live show. It can be pressing post. You know what I mean? It can be press in, pressing send. It can, anything to do with putting yourself out there in a place where you are asking people to love you the way that you love them. That's really what it is. That's what being a creative is. I'm giving this to you. I'm giving you this piece of me because I love you. Like I'm asking you to love me back, you know?
1: And I feel as a watcher of the Teffy Show, mm-hmm. um, I feel that you really did show up authentically. 1,000% as a Estefania Pessoa. Like you showed up every single day as yourself. And I think that's why you got such an amazing opportunity, you know, with with like for yourself in that Mm -hmm. show. It's it wasn't even really, even though it was a great opportunity for you as a career and as like what it kinda gave you a path for what you're doing now. I feel Mm -hmm. that it also just gave you the opportunity to embrace yourself and the opportunity for you to be like, This is who I am and I'm okay with that. You know, like this is this is what yeah. I'm going to show up as every single day cuz what else am I going to show up as?
0: That's right. And so when people write hate comments or stuff, it's not, it's not like I had like a stage name like a Lady Gaga or something like and or a character like if somebody said like I hate Teffy, I'm Teffy when I leave the show. I'm Teffy at home. Like I, it would really become like a personal thing and that was like my first Because let me tell you, on social media, I'm sure that we are screenshot into a million group chats every day. I'm sure. And it's none of my business. I don't know it. Out of sight, out of mind. I'm fine with that. But for people to comment on your post saying you are so annoying, what drugs are you on? I have to, this isn't a persona where I can take off the wig like Hannah Montana. I have to go home as this person. And you have to know that there are people in the world that don't like Beyonce there are people in the world that are not going to like you for things beyond your control. People aren't going to like you because you have brown hair. Like it's just, and it's not personal, you know? So it was a, hard, it was a lovely awakening that how many, how many people love you. And it was also a foundational moment for me to realize that people will hate you just because you can. And it doesn't mean that you're lacking, you know, in anything. or that, And it made me, how do I say this? the the fallacy that is perfectionism it would it was a complete a like wizard of oz behind the drape for me for so long this idea of perfectionism if i if they told me you can start the show whenever you want when you feel it's perfect i would still be working on it i would still be working on it they told me it's october 10th do or die and i was like whoa, 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 whoa and they're like it's october 10th you've had three months do or die and i was like okay okay the perfectionism, the way that people do not respond to perfectionism, anything that I posted is like curated or whatever. Yeah. People say like, Oh, you look so pretty or whatever. The moment I tell people, I don't believe in vulnerability for sale either. You know, like I don't believe in telling everybody everything you go through for the hopes of people getting, gaining likes. And I think that's another toxic part of social media Like, um, here's my mask off, but then your vulnerability becomes your brand and that's not healthy for anybody. But I realized when you talk about real things and you find, if you can make people feel less alone for two minutes, it's worth $2 million. It's worth every single hate comment in the entire world. So when you are in the journey of pursuit, oh my God, it's like in the movies when they say the title of the movie, you know what (laughs) I mean? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Like, I love it. Oh my. But it's like when you're in the journey of pursuit, it's so important to know what you are pursuing, but also whose arms are you running into, you know? Like who, who is, it? and it's very important to also know that like when you let go of other people's baggage and other people's expectations of you, because it, pe- many people thought that I was going to be like a very, very funny hair salon receptionist. You know, when I let go of other people's expectations, I realize that one, people very much will like you in the place that you are right now because you are a wonderful supporting character to their movie, you know, and, or they don't want to be left behind because they know your potential and it's very scary for them. But once you are able to let go of that responsibility that does not belong to you, that's very much their problem, you will run into the arms of people who truly love and support you, you know? So that was a really hard lesson for me.
1: I also think, to add to your point, that mm-hmm. sometimes it's so hard to show mm-hmm. someone like what you feel you have as potential mm-hmm. until you're actually living your truth mm-hmm. and you don't need to explain anything. You're the mm-hmm. example of mm-hmm. what that per- that other person that was maybe criticizing you or didn't understand what you wanted to pursue. Mm-hmm. Whatever they were questioning now is no longer a question because you're so in it you're so alive you're so passionate you're so happy
0: present yeah yeah,
1: you're so present in your life that that becomes the new example that becomes the new thing that they just see and you don't have to explain and i think that's kind of what happened to you where you just started to realize yeah this i'm happy this is this is
0: what i want good this feels really good to just be myself Because for so long, we've all had toxic friendships and toxic relationships. And those the lasting impression that toxicity leaves within your life is the imprint that maybe I am not good enough. That is the long lasting imprint. And it takes a lot of scrubbing to get that out. And once it's out, you're very aware of who is standing on your tile, if you know what I mean. But when you are a creative person and things start to work, and things start to click i have noticed that i have a problem with um like explaining myself i have a problem with delegating i don't want you to do it because i can do it better and i can do it for myself and i burn myself out so that was like a really big deal for me and i started delegating i didn't know how to delegate i was very careful with like my vision and the things that i wanted to do and every time that i let go of the reins and let people create without me hovering over them, we would have the best episodes or the best content or I have the best podcast or whatever it was or whatever it was, you know? So, um, when it comes to delegating with teams, I developed this, um, analogy that helps me work with like negative self-talk. Right. And I call it like, I am the team. Right. So when I start to tell myself and I'm too hard on myself, Um, like you can't do this, you're stupid, you are not talented, people are making fun of you, how embarrassing, you're ugly, whatever it is. We all have those voices, right? So I learned that those voices actually love me. They want me to stay safe and not risk disappointment or failure. So they're trying to scare me to stay inside, right? Like how my mom would be like, you don't want to go to that party. You know what I mean? Like just trying to keep me safe And I've had to thank those voices, but then I have to think okay, if I had a team of people that were working for me, like five people, and somebody came up to me and was like, that person on your team thinks that you're stupid, that you're um, unable, incapable, that they don't know why you got the job, that you're so ugly, that you're not funny, what would you do? You would fire that person. So if I'm a team of one, I don't want to already poison the well. I don't want to be that person for myself because I'm. I'm a, I'm a team person of one. I'm one. Why would I already do that to myself? You know. So I try to be a team player with not only a team player with other people, but it does not work if you are if you are already poisoning your well.
1: Honestly, you're so inspirational to me, oh. and and I know to a lot of people, but just like as your friend, seeing you grow up and seeing your journey, like you are where you're supposed to be i feel like good energy for you i feel like all this stuff that you work so hard for is now in front of you and it didn't honestly it didn't just show up to you you worked for it like you really did
0: you were there mud babe you really did you really did.
1: i remember when you called me and you were like they had to cancel the teffy show because of covid and i remember you being so upset Mm -hmm. If you were like, I don't know what to do like this, it was good. Like I finally got something good and now it's being taken away from me. Mm
0: -hmm. And I remember
1: not knowing what to say. I remember being like, it's going to be okay. But that's horrible. I remember being, you and I having the conversation of like, that's, that's true honesty. I'm so sorry. I I don't know what to say. And Mm -hmm. I know that something better is going to come along. I just don't know what, and I don't know when. So how was that what was that like after you had that kind of like embracing and super happy time being able to be on the Teffy show and then all of a sudden past the 10 episodes past the success with the show mm-hmm. then they say I'm so sorry we have to stop
0: well it was super abrupt because like they let me know that the investors had pulled out because of the stock crash because of covid on a Friday, and what's super messed up is that on a Thursday, my best friend and I, so my Molly, um, I call her Writey Producer, but she was a head producer and writer. So this is a startup, right? And they're paying us very well, and we had health insurance, and we were a small team, we were an all-woman team, and we had all this power. And she was like, "It's starting to sound a little good to be true," and that makes me feel nervous, even though the paychecks go through, you know, like the checks don't bounce. I want to know where we get our money from. So we've been talking for a while, like how we're going to ask, how do you have money, you know, to our bosses, right? Exactly. It's very scary, but we have a we had a right to know because this was our livelihood and we had hired, we just hired a publicist. So we were getting like magazine interviews and like photo shoots set up and all this stuff. And we were paying these people. So this is money, right? So Molly finally, that Monday was like, can we have a meeting on Thursday? about um some questions that we have so molly myself and my boss greg was we sat down and we're like we just want to know from like a nervous nelly point of view that we're so happy to finally have stability where is the money coming from and he let us know who the investors were and how much we had in the bank and he said if i were you i would not worry that evening when he got home the investors called him it was almost cruel the time god has a sense of humor <laughs> he really does so that friday I started um, thinking about the things that I can do to continue getting that audience. But it just wasn't the same because if you haven't seen the Teffy show, the production value is like so insane. We would pay, we paid like $200,000 a month in rent and we paid for interior design and we had the best technology, like truly a gift. So to go to start filming what everybody did in their living room, it wasn't the same energy and I wasn't feeling the same click. And it was just a different creative vibe than the Teppi show. So eventually we decided to, but we wanted to keep that package really pretty for other networks. And right now they're pitching it to other networks, which is great. But I will say that if you are a true creative person, which I know you are, and if you're listening to this, I know that you are too. It doesn't matter if somebody puts you in a cage with a tape over your mouth, you will still come up with things that you need to say, that you, you were born, you feel like you were born to communicate something. You had to speak, you have to speak on it, you have to sing, it. you have to draw, it. you have to do, this. there is a message within you that you have to share. And that does not, same thing for COVID, right? So I kept thinking like, I I have, I'm a very big nerd, I'm a very big Dorcas, and I do have a TikTok journal where I would write down my little TikTok ideas. And I, so when TikTok started exploding, it was a Teffy show journal, right? Where I would write down jokes. TikTok is like a format. So I would like try to say these jokes in a minute and it started to pick up, you know? And, and I remember the first time I had a video viral, I was like, oh my God, there are a lot of people on this app. And then slowly people started coming in from, the Teffy show and then uh, the new people. So I'm not even like known for this show anymore. It's more like the TikTok girl that had a YouTube show. Like, not like, oh, Teffy from the YouTube is on TikTok, you know? So I got to a hundred thousand followers in four weeks and it was insane. It was insane. I would literally close my phone and have 20,000 followers in 10 minutes. Like it was so crazy. Like I'm here with my fiance. Like he asked me, he's like, did you buy followers. I was like, you can do that. I was like, and also with what money, dude, (laughs) like, you know, but he, it was just so, it was so intense, the response. And that just goes to show, like, just because one camera is off, doesn't mean that another one, like, I hate the door thing. Like, just because one audience leaves doesn't mean that you can't turn to your left and have a whole other audience. The, the audience on TikTok, like really, really embraced me and it became kind of like the Teffy Show because I do talk about pop culture. And what I didn't realize is, I'm a person who was born in 1990, don't do the math, I'm 23, listen. So I started talking about, um, on TikTok, pop culture. And I am such a sick pop culture freak that I have Lindsay Lohan and Paris's leaked text from 2007 saved in a camera roll. So I would start talking about like, this is why she's so iconic and it was great timing because that's when like the Paris Hilton documentary started coming out and like you know what I mean like it was or, or Kim Kardashian's show ended and like people were like what do you mean Kim Kardashian knows Kim I was like that was her closet organizer that was her closet organizer like so it, uh, and somebody asked me is it true that Britney dated Justin is it true so there are like all these things so I, it provided me a market where not only I could be myself, I could like teach something that was already in like trendy, but I also started to then play with like confidence and and, um, healing talk. And that's been great too. I will say, I love when people call me tia. I love it when people call me like, oh, you're a big sister, but I was in a meeting with somebody and she goes, I just love that you're the grandmother of YouTube. And I still think about it. I still think about it. And she meant it with so much love in her heart, but I immediately went went to like the grandma emoji with the big glasses. I was like, these are hoops, honey. Like these are, you know, but I I very much love being a part of like this older um, audience on TikTok and it's been great so far. But if I hadn't started playing with authenticity In my old job with Instagram stories and stop caring about what people thought for an hour of the day, I would never, ever be here. Ever. You know, I'd probably be learning how to make candles for an Etsy shop or something, which is great too. I'm just not crafty. (laughs) You know,
1: I think it's incredible what you've built with your TikTok. It's something beautiful. Like you're either giving like those two minutes or a minute of like you being like, you're beautiful. Like, look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself this, 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 and this, because you've gone through that. Talked about, mm-hmm. um, yes, pop culture, but you you bring something funny to the table, and we all need funny during mm-hmm. these times. And I think okay. that's something so beautiful that you didn't give up. You know, you brought yourself again. You like brought up. You brought. I stiff funny episode again. You're like, okay, Teffy, Like, what can you do? Who are you? How can you make this work? And now it paid off, where you are like a tia and a
0: big sister to so
1: many people. And that's so beautiful.
0: I think the important thing to remember as a creative is before I am a woman, before I am Latina, before I am Maria Jose's daughter, whatever, I am a human, you know, I'm a human. And everything I do is a celebration of humanity. But what I'm saying is everything that I do, I wanna celebrate how wonderful it is to be alive look at my past and I think oh my god you didn't even know that you had your foot on the pedal like molding this clay and I'm so and I know it sucked and I know that you were so sad or whatever but if only you knew how alive you were in that moment how things were starting to cook starting to boil you know Makes
1: sense. that's why you have to be so
0: present in
1: everything you do yeah. especially as a creative that you're always changing like as creatives we know that one day is not the same as the next like one day you're super inspired to do something another day you're like uh ah, don't really feel it and you kind of don't know what to do so i feel that presence really helps a creative stay grounded and remember yeah. like this is even if what you create today is really bad this bad piece of art or this bad song or this bad piece of content for a tiktok whatever it is mm. just, it's just going to show you what you need to do to make it better or it's just going to show you to how to how to mold it like you said and if mm. you had stopped after the teffy show no, I if you be. had stopped teffy after the teffy show like we would not be having this conversation no. i don't think you would you know like you are someone that was meant to do what you're you're doing because you are showing up authentically and that's what that's your highest truth you know
0: yeah i think like also the change the change that you have to adapt to like change is very scary for someone especially when you're starting to garner an, an audience right and i hear a lot of artists coming to me saying i feel like my interests are changing like i feel like i don't want to sing about this anymore i don't want to draw about this anymore exactly you know And I tell them what I tell you, like change is a, you're a creative person. You're constantly absorbing, like whether you know it or not, you're constantly, constantly looking for inspiration. You're constantly being stimulated and to change is inevitable. And even dead people change, you know, they become the soil, they become the trees, they become the fruit. So how can, how are you supposed to not change when people who are underground are changing it's like seasons like we're always going to change and you might come back or you might stay but you have to trust your journey of pursuit did it again baby did it again yeah
1: (laughs) something else I want to touch upon that you had said earlier and I I don't think I commented on but because I think I know the answer but for everyone listening when you said um, people that you know, like have shown up in your content now, like leaving negative comments or saying something very hurtful. I feel knowing you that you're in a place where those comments, although they affect you because we're Mm -hmm. humans and like Mm -hmm. anything mean is mean and will Mm -hmm. stay with you most of the times. So how has that been now that you've kind of grown your platform even more? How has that growth in your audience?
0: How have you dealt with that? So nine times out of 10, it's not worth responding to because nine times out of 10, I will go to the page and it is a 12 year old boy posting like, um, sad Pepe means like the frog. Like, I'm like, okay, this is a child. Like, of course I'm going to say like, shut the hell up. Nobody cares because you're learning about how clouds become rain in school. So of course you don't care. But, um, I think when it comes to, like you have to, it is just as it is a decision to put yourself out there, a decision to be confident, a decision. And just as it is a decision to not let things affect you, you have to decide what you're going to let through the gate, you know? And if somebody comments like this is so dumb and I feel, the moment I feel the urge to respond and be like, you know what's dumb, your hairline, you know, at the moment I want to say something like that, I'm like, it's not even worth it. Just block, just block, just block the moment you even feel, or if you do respond to somebody and you keep checking if they're going to respond, you're too, you're too in it. You have to block, you have to block. But sometimes people will get like really, really personal. And it's, it's those one out of 10 times like that really hurt you. There comes that point where you have to be human, right? So I'm allowed to hurt when somebody says something hurtful. You have to forgive that person for being so mean that that was casual to say like i can't even imagine where you are or who has spoken to you that way for that to be casual and then you block them because you cannot empathize with somebody to the point where it is excusable i understand why you hurt me but that does not make it okay i wish you well on your journey to solve whatever it is that is burdening you It's none of my business, goodbye. And that is healthy. You do not have to have a welcome mat for everyone that is hurting or wounded to the point where it's okay that they hurt you. Like, no, I'm sorry. Especially a stranger. Are you kidding me? Get out of here. Yeah,
1: and the truth is that we all are wounded in some way, right? Like no one Mm -hmm. is perfect. No one is healed Mm -hmm. 100%. Everyone has something that they're working through. And the way you choose to deal with it, the way you choose to decide about it is... Mm -hmm what ultimately I think can help you like be happier or, or take it really to heart and you know, either never create something again or forget about building an audience or doing what you really love because of the potential of maybe someone hurting you on, in the comments or saying something really right. mean about what you create with so much heart. But it mm-hmm. really is a decision to, how you said show up confidently and show up every single day as yourself Like that's, I think what people are craving now more than ever, especially being home, looking at content all day. What people Mm -hmm. are looking for is something to make them laugh, something to make them feel seen, something to make them be like, oh my God, how cool is this person? And yeah, the few people that choose it to do something wrong or say something really mean, you just have to kind of let that be, let
0: that go. Let that be their problem. It's not your responsibility.
1: Now you've been on TikTok for a while. Mm-hmm. And you got another opportunity. Can
0: you tell us about that? In Style Magazine reached out to me and were like, Can you send us like a resume, like a social media kind of like breakdown? And um, we would love to consider you as a host. And I responded back and I was like, What do you mean by resume? Because I never had to um, put like my work experience entertainment wise, only like other jobs, whatever. And um, they were like, yeah, just put it in a resume. So I was like, okay, I took like a day to do it. And when I sent it in, like if I sent it in at like 146, at 148, they're like, when are you available? And I was like, okay, so these people like me, they just have to send something to HR probably or whatever. And then when they spoke, they were like, "Um, we want to do pop culture stuff and like trendy stuff. And I looked at the... Their TikTok and they had zero videos and zero followers. So I was like, okay, we're building it from the ground up. It really has made me more creative, in a way where I'm like, how can if they tell me we want to talk about Legally Blonde and that's it or whatever, I will go down and be like, what are the things that I can talk about? So I decided to do what her ex-boyfriend's Hinge profile would look like today. You know, like something like that. It it took me three hours, but I freaking did it. And um, so. Th- being with a company, like a magazine like that, that has been so influential to my life. Like, hello, I started in fashion, in Style Magazine, you know, and uh, to to have be on that team and for people to be like, yeah, we'll include you in this meeting with the beauty editor or something like that. I'm just like, the beauty editor? Send me a mascara, you know? So um, it's it's been really, really great. But when I saw the email that they were like, okay, can you start this day? I was like, I texted you and your mom immediately, immediately.
1: Best news and ever. I,
0: and I used her language. Hola, mis amores.
1: I want you to know that when I got that text, I was in the DMV. Oh, yeah. Like in the middle of a pandemic, I had to go to the DMV. It was, it was, very, it was a headache. It was very bad. And I remember being in the DMV at, on, in the line about to be called next. And I remember being like, oh my God. Like, like whispering, and the guy behind me is like, What is this girl doing? Like, I was like trying to be so discreet, and I wanted to just yell to
0: everyone, being like, yeah. My friend, she also, got something amazing. I tell your mom every single good thing that happens to me every time I hit like a milestone. I'm like, Ima. And she's like, I, she's like okay, yeah, she's going to live. She's going to live. She's fine.
1: What would you say to Estefania Pessoa when she just landed in New York a few years ago? What would you say
0: to her today? Please get health insurance. Please, please, please. There is nothing you can do if you are not taking care of yourself. And that is such a big deal. And then also, I would say, now that you're taking care of yourself, once you handle that, work to the bone work to the bone in being yourself not so much for money i wouldn't change any job every single every single thing that i did obviously gave me perspective that i needed to gain before and i'm happy for it i would say um never put yourself in a position where you're so uncomfortable you need to dim your light so that someone else can shine at their full capacity Don't you ever. And I did that for so many times, especially dating.
1: A little follow-up question to that. What would you say to the people that hired you, like your old bosses? What would you say to the ones that didn't believe in you, the ones that treated you badly or had you there for the wrong reasons? What would you tell them?
0: I would say, what was it like um, seeing my face in the New York Post? Ain't it funny <laughs> Have you back? we had me like literally before
1: we go if you had to pinpoint a moment in time where you were like oh my gosh that was such a fail
0: and then you realize now like eh. I want to say that my biggest setback um was the relationships that I let myself stay in in hopes of being loved and I was it's too often allowing somebody else to dictate how lovable I am and the kind of love I'm capable of achieving, like sharing. And it took so long for me to recognize that the love that people are able to provide you with at some point in their life is not personal and it doesn't have anything to do with me. When you leave your sense of worth in the hands of other people it's not as special to them, you know. Like it's just not there, especially people who aren't willing to like meet you where you want to be met. Like it's not something to be valued to them. And sometimes people like hamburger helper versus filet mit non. Okay, so I just had to learn to not take things as personally and absorb so much of other people's opinions. I don't think as a creative person too, you should be reading every comment, every like and hearing the opinion of people that do not love you. I learned to embrace my friendships and I started really watering those friendships and really trying to learn about the people who have loved me for so long, that love me back versus investing so much water into the people that I was trying to salesman pitch love. I was going back to the people that have already decided that I am worthy, right? So I was investing my time in them and when you hang out with people that love you, you start to see all the reasons you are worth being loved. Like investing your love within people who love you and want to see you well. That was my, that's my biggest, biggest accomplishment in my entire life. Realizing to adjust the mirror. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> I feel like you just like, obviously people can't see this, but you were, the whole time Tevi just had like straight on like eye contact with me. And I just felt like everything she said was for me personally. So I feel that if you are like me you definitely you definitely felt that because I think that's so important to remember especially during the pandemic I think a lot of people had to really look at their circle and really see you know the relationships that they wanted to water and if it was worth it for them because it's true I mean sometimes you just don't really relate to someone or you don't really get along with them or I don't know it it just happens but I think that was so beautiful I think it's one
0: of the most important things to do and and your energy is so precious. Like your energy is so precious. Anything, the time is the one thing in our lives that we cannot purchase more of. It's the only thing like, and to waste one more second, trying to convince someone to like me, I'm done. I'm sorry. I won't do it. I won't do it.
1: I'm so proud of you. Like, I want you to know that I feel so riled up with energy right now. I'm so inspired by you and your story. Also, just because I know you, like, I know your heart and I know what an amazing human being you are, like on or off TikTok or like any of the platforms that you create on, like you as a person, like, I love you so much. It's only going to get better from here. And I cannot wait to see how your journey evolves. I love you. you. Thank you so much. Does, I love you. Ay ay ay. Tell me you're as riled up as I am after listening to that episode. That was full of energy, inspiration. I'm so excited to get to work and continue doing what I love after hearing how she has gone up and down through her career and has still managed to be so authentic and so herself. And if you don't already follow her on TikTok, you should. She's hilarious and she smacks you with the truth every single time. She's one of my favorite people in my entire life, a best friend, a sister, like you heard, she's just an overall amazing person. Here are a few takeaways from today's episode. Number one, don't let looking for yourself get in the way of finding yourself. Number two, don't let someone else and the way they treat you dictate the kind of love you are able to give. Number three, always set the intention of putting love before you when meeting someone new. Number four, Real people who support you and love you will be happy to pay your rate. Number five, embrace failure and be brave. Number six, if you can make people feel less alone for two minutes, it's worth every single hate comment. Number seven, once you're able to let go of that responsibility that does not belong to you, you will run into the arms of people who truly love and support you. Number eight, just because one audience leaves doesn't mean you can't turn to your left and have a whole other audience. Number nine, you decide what you let through the gate. Number 10, you do not have to have a welcome mat for everyone that is wounded or hurting. Number 11, don't dim your light so that someone else can shine at their full capacity. And number 12, when you hang out with people that love you, you start to see all the reasons you are worth being loved. This is so fun. (laughs) I'm so happy to be doing this. I'll see you guys next week. Check out all the information in the show notes. Follow Teffy. If you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts on the show. If there's anything that you want to run by me, you can also DM me at Lopez without the Ian Lopez on Instagram. Hasta la próxima. Ciao.